0: Literally means anytime. Coverage from progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. And now, now, it's the Mike Calta Show. Uh, it is 841 on the Mike Calta Show. It's two five The Bone. I promise you we will give away those lightning tickets for tonight's game. But our guest actually got here a little early, and that never happens. Anna Paulina Luna is making her way into the building. We'll bring her in the studio. We'll talk to her for a little bit about her campaign for Congress in the 13th Congressional District. And uh, then I will spend the next hour giving away those tickets. Not the whole hour, but you know. Uh, Joe, your thing is overheating. My monitor just broke. I don't know. We're losing our minds over here. What's going on? I have, Carmen, just so you know, not that we're going to need it, but uh, I have no monitor, so if you need anything, just text me. Oh, Carmen's not in here. What is she doing? <laughs> Who knows? For real? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Joe, is she doing something with Bone TV? No. No, no, no. Late to the show. Now she just disappears. She's probably pooping. Oh. I think she's making a big boobie. Mm. Oh, my God. Here, uh, I was trying to time it so that we wouldn't be live, but we're live on the air. So, no cursing while you're in here. Come on in. This is uh, very nice to meet you. This is awkward when we have to meet you on the air. I'm sorry. Have a seat there. All right. In Spanish, let's get our headphones all set up. This is Anna Paulina Luna who is running for Congress for some reason. I don't know why anybody would want this job. <laughs> How are you? Very nice to meet you.
1: Thank you for having me on. Very happy to be here.
0: Uh, thank you for getting up early That's, uh, and coming here. I hate asking people to do that, but it's always the most effective interview. And we have been uh, Facebook or Instagram friends for a while. Yep. And I uh, I feel like we got to know you a little bit, and I was, I'm excited to have you on. So many things I want to talk to you about, but uh, mostly how and why you you got into this and why you want to do it. Because I do know a little bit about this. And w- let me just tell you, we have a friend that we used to call Magnet Head because no matter where you threw a punch in the room, it would hit him in the head. You're kind of like Magnet Head because you've had <laughs> so many incidents happen to you when you were a kid, that structured probably why you want to do something to uh, change laws and stuff.
1: Well, okay, so the basic reason for why I even got political is I was working as a volunteer surrogate for a counter-trafficking organization. Okay. So a lot of people, when they get politically involved, because you take so much heat, Mm -hmm. and it is such a negative environment for the most part.
0: Yeah, I mean, you really open your whole family up to, you have to decide, you have to probably talk to them and say, I'm doing this. And now they're going to dig up dirt on everybody, especially the higher you go up. And, and
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you have family members come out, etc. But, I mean, the main reason why I continue forward is because I'm genuinely still passionate about this issue. Yeah. And like you had mentioned, my background is not that of your average politico, right? So I kind of come from the part of society where a lot of people would typically frown on. But in my ideology, in my perspective, we need more normal people in Washington, D.C. You know, your typical political pedigree is so out of touch with the American people. Yeah. When they are reading through this legislation, when they are passing certain things, it's because they've read it. They don't understand the second and third order effect effects of the legislation that they're passing. So, you know, I started working uh, during my gap year during applications to medical school with right. a counter-trafficking organization when I started using my social media media to talk on this issue, a lot of people made comments saying, okay, look, that's like clearly made up. These stats aren't true. Um, You know, I am half Hispanic, so they would kind of pivot into, oh, well, you're, you know, you're whitewashed. All of those arguments, though, it was out of ignorance because once people realized what was really happening, that's when they said, oh, we do have a problem with what's happening at the border. And then I was able to wake those people up.
0: So, okay. So you're trafficking, you're talking about border trafficking mostly. Okay. uh, Because... I have uh, any sort of human trafficking uh, stuff that's here in the United States. I always are like that can't all be true. That can't. And then I've been hearing stories lately. Uh, we were just talking about a, a teenage girl who went to the bathroom at a Dallas um, basketball game, disappeared, and the and the police when they went to her, they said the police when they're sixteen years old, they don't they treat it as a runaway and it has to be a certain amount of time or some sort of proof that they've been abducted before they look into it. And uh the way they found it was an organization that helps uh you know kids and in, in search for kids who have been trafficked a volunteer organization found pictures of her online, wow. and that's how they were able to track it down and Now, with all of this uh, border situation uh it's gotta it's gotta be it, it seems like it's always getting worse it's never getting better.
1: Well, the one thing that's really disturbing is that the media, the same media that called Republicans like myself racist for so many years because we wanted border security, they were actually reporting on these same issues years prior prior to 2016. Right. So one of the most disturbing headlines I ever saw was actually a CNN headline, mm-hmm. and it was on a woman by the name of Carla Jacinto who had been trafficked into the United States, and by the time that she was actually rescued, she had been raped over 43,000 times. Jeez. But that happens on average because unlike drugs a human being can be sold time and time again right and so you have a a two part two problem part to this whole whole thing, is that one, we have a huge problem in this country with consumption of human trafficking victims, and then also, two, because you have a porous border, that organized crime actually exploits what's happening politically in our country, and as a result of that, you have this influx of people, but it doesn't just stop there. It's not just sex trafficking, it's labor trafficking as well. Right. And so the point is is that regardless of what side you're on if you are a true humanitarian you'll realize that open border hurts people on both sides and that really the only solution to help with the legal immigration process and to help protect sometimes innocent people that are being lied to and exploited that are coming here is that you have to have a strong stance and and follow the rules
0: yeah and what so now you're you'd be going in there if you win which you're you're projected to win. Uh if you, if, what is what do you do as a freshman congressman, congresswoman to to get that done? Like what more can you do? Like do you feel almost almost sort of helpless in your first year?
1: Um, I think well, I've I've never been in office before, but right. I can tell you that what I've found is that Republican, Democrat, independent, most people, once they know about this issue, it becomes a nonpartisan issue. Yeah. So my whole goal and objective, because I will be focusing on this largely, right? Border security, you have this aspect of it, you have a national security aspect, um, but... I will be trying to make this a more known, more commonly discussed national issue. I realize that with my social media platform and the fact that I kind of am outside of that standard stereotype of what it is to be a politician, Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of people that typically wouldn't be engaged in politics will kind of, it piques their curiosity and so they'll be paying attention. So I do hope to make it a nonpartisan issue, but also too, I do believe that You know, prior to 2016, like I stated earlier, the Democrat Party had the same perspective that we did. And the only thing that really changed is that starting in 2016, you had this peak. And now the largest voting minority in the country are Hispanic Americans. Mm -hmm. And so it's in my opinion that what they've been doing... Is they take identity politics and they say, because you are not Hispanic, you cannot talk on this issue. Or because you are not a woman, if you believe in this or if you don't believe in this, you're being, quote unquote, sexist. And so I'm shattering those stereotypes, but also saying, hey, look, this is a serious problem. We're the largest voting minority in the country. They're using identity politics. We need to fix this problem. It's a nonpartisan issue. And really, I think that we can get a lot of people, especially the youth in this country on our side to fight this.
0: Do you think. That your looks, for those who you haven't seen her, she's young and very attractive. <laughs> but do you. you. <laughs> think, do you think your looks hurt you in this case? Because people assume well, she can't be that smart. She's a hot young chick. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I mean I, I, that is a legit thing in politics. It's such ridiculous uh, a ridiculous amount of uh, thought goes into what somebody looks like or what they what their appearance gives off. Do you think that it's it's hurt you at all or could hurt you?
1: I think it's been a double-edged sword, right? right. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I realize that going into politics, 50% of people are going to likely hate me no matter what uh-huh. because I don't agree yeah. with what exactly they're doing. But I think that regardless of what I'm doing, people are going to find some reason if they're not going to vote for me, they might say it's because of how I look. Or So I take it with a grain of salt. But again, I mean, I... If you think of my background and kind of what I went through, all of this stuff, I look at it as noise, right? Because to be quite honest with you, I don't want to be in politics as a career politician. Like you stated earlier, your family goes through so much. You as a candidate just running takes so much literal just incoming hate on a regular basis. Yeah. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do, and I believe that at this point in time in our country and in my life, I have a certain unique set of gifts and tools that I can use to help wake up the American people. But again, I don't. I won't be here 20 years from now doing the same thing. I don't know how people do it for 30 years or 40 yeah. years. I'll be on a beach somewhere, focusing on other stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, by the way, I want to. I just want to point out because just like you said. of the people hate you automatically. There are sure, I'm sure there's 50% of the people that are hating me for having you on right now for no reason other than that. They just, I have always said this and I stick true to it. I am interviewing you today because I find you to be somebody interesting. And that is what this show is all about. We just always want to talk to interesting people. And this, let's talk a little bit about the things that have happened. You were in, you were uh, involved in a, what an armed robbery when you were young.
1: Yeah, I walked into an armed robbery at nine years old.
0: Where what was being robbed?
1: So I, my parents were never married. Right. Uh, my dad would share custody of me, and so when he was around, he would pick me up. And so
0: where my, is it? Where is this? Where? In
1: Southern California, okay. Santa Ana. So, I mean, to give it to some perspective, in the 90s, especially in Santa Ana, there was a huge problem with gangs, uh-huh. and especially gangs coming in from Mexico, because we're so close to the Tijuana border in Southern California. At first,
0: I thought you said gays, and I was like, you're never going to win no no, 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 gangs. No, 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 no I gangs. I figured out what you meant. I was like, she's not going to win if she's yeah, says that. Yeah, sorry. gangs. gangs. Yes. Uh, okay.
1: So, what had happened was, my dad, I, I mean, when I was with him, there was no bedtime. If I got hungry, he'd be like, let's go to the 7-Eleven.
0: Right. What did did he do what kind of guy was so he... my
1: dad was in construction he did okay. handyman work but my dad for the most part really didn't get clean until about 10 years ago okay and so my dad struggled with that but when he was around me for the most part my dad was an amazing father right so um we ended up walking to a 7-eleven i think it was around like 10 or 11 o'clock at night uh-huh. and I walked in and my, I, I remember hearing my dad say like, Anna, Anna, come here. Like, and I wasn't listening to him. So I ran over to the candy section, ran up to the front counter and I knew the attendant there because he would bring me there whenever he had me, right? To get snacks and right. stuff. And, um, I went and put my candy on the table. So I'm eye level with the counter. Yeah. And I look up at him and he's not even looking at me, no smile, nothing like ghost white. And I, here my dad so I go to look at my dad and then I turn to look and there's a guy with a handgun pointed Holy at this God. guy's I guess it would have been his stomach area and you're nine sorry, years I old I like nine years old
0: right And had you seen a gun before up close I like, mean my this... dad had guns but okay. like I
1: this was like it was like, being it was like used. this like this far away from my face wow. you know and like this and I could just tell so I just instantly like ran to my dad and I realized what my dad did now is that he was signifying to the people robbing store, like he don't want any problems right. so he's with his little girl right now wasn't going to try to be a hero so he crouches down in a corner like this, shields my eyes and goes, just look at me, it's going to be okay. And they did their thing. They finished robbing the store. And then by the time, maybe a minute after they left, then that's when law enforcement came. And so my dad said, blazing. okay, just blazing, guns are <laughs> blazing. There was a helicopter. I mean, guns out, everything. I'm still, again, nine years old. And my dad said, just hold on to me and give me a hug. Because again, everyone, there's a lot of yeah. emotions in that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was one of the first, Things that had happened. I didn't tell my mom about it till years later, but I didn't realize that those were abnormal conditions until I joined the military. (laughs)
0: You you know what? It's funny because I grew up in New York, and you don't realize how abnormal things are until you move. Yes. Until you see the way other people live, and you go, oh, this is not. yeah." Yeah. Okay, so that's nine. Yeah. Then... Uh, you were. was there a high school shooting you were involved in?
1: So I went to six high <laughs> schools. So okay. um, there's a lot of, of of movement, right? So my father, in and out of the picture, moved up to L.A. with my mom. One of the six high schools I went to was Venice High School. And there was a gang shooting while I was on campus right near my classroom. So it had happened literally probably maybe like, I would say 150, 150 feet from the classroom. So I heard it. Um, I remember someone pulled a fire alarm. We went out, and I remember, like, I could see where it had happened. Right. And from my understanding, it, it had been a gang related shooting
0: So not necessarily a school shooting but a it was a gang related yeah, yeah shooting
1: in school and i remember this was really before cell phones were a common thing so i just left like i didn't know what to do and i got home and my mom was freaking out like crying she's sure. like i i'm never saying mind you i also got jumped at this school <laughs> but so she was like you're not going back to that head. school yeah magnet head yeah. but you know what like when i so for example tying this to legislation. A lot of people say, well, how do you feel in school choice? And yeah. they say, well, let me tell you about what it's like to go to a school where you can't determine your zip code and right. then you're in these areas. And they were busting in kids from, you know, Inglewood, Crenshaw, and there was a huge issue in Los Angeles County with the turf war and the gang wars. Oh, man,
0: you really, you grew, you grew up in places I hear about in rap songs. Yes. That is But mine is the
1: cool side of it, right? Yeah. Like, it was really rough. And so being there, I I saw a different lens and perspective of what most people in politics don't witness. They, yeah. They talk about. Oh yeah, they don't they know, know what it's like
0: to be in it. Yeah. Sure, so. uh, you know what's funny is I voted for. Uh, don't get mad at me, but I voted for Barack Obama twice. And my reasoning the first time, and my dad and I did not agree on it. My reason for it is because I brought up a really poor kid, and I felt like in my lifetime he might be the first president to understand what it is like to actually live a real life as a, as a young uh, poor American. I, I don't know how right I was, and that was my. Thought going into it in the beginning, uh, but I, there are in in my lifetime. I don't think there's many politicians that experience a real life like that at all.
1: No, and they don't want to talk about it either because so many people are. Wanting to set this, I think, impression of being this perfect, like, have just focused on on these issues. What they don't realize is the American people have these struggles. Normal people, I'd say, like, 98% of people have something similar that has happened, and they're not going to exactly tell you that, but, like we're human beings first and foremost. So like, if you really want to help the country, like what is your life credentials? That should really be a qualification because then you end up with these sociopaths in DC that are just kind of, you know, they, they pit people at each other instead of understanding the core root of the issues. And then they pass legislation. That's, that's all wrong.
0: This is uh, Anna Paulina Luna. She is running for Congress and uh, we're discussing things that got her to this to run for Congress, and we're not done. <laughs> then there is a home invasion? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, now it's just I'm kind of used to it now. Where is this? So, also in I, L.A.?
1: I know that this sounds totally crazy. So then after all of this stuff happens in high school, I wanted to go to college, but I had no idea of, one, how to even apply. Right. Um, also, too, though, I... I didn't have a way of paying for it right so like I was on my own pretty much from I'd say my senior year in high school I actually moved out okay and so I was basically on my own from a very early age so I actually was at a house party, and I heard these two Marines talking, and they said, hey, we're starting school on Monday, and I kind of, I was eavesdropping, so I was like, how'd you do that? So I I ended up enlisting in the Air Force. Right. Best decision I could have ever made at that early age, but...
0: Now, let me ask you that real quick. So when I was in high school, the recruiters would come by, and they'd make it seem like this could be the thing for you, and... You know, they fled. The Navy almost got me because my girlfriend <laughs> broke up with me. I was sad. My dad was in the Navy. I'm like, I'm going to the Navy, uh, and thank God I didn't do it because I'm not. A, I'm not built for that. And you, uh, being a girl, like we, we was this a choice out of? desperation where you're like this may be the only way i'm going to pay for college this may be the only way i'm going to because your parents obviously were not the greatest parents in the world not knocking them on but they did not that they weren't great parents but you have that whole family so maybe you're like i'm looking for something i gotta find and this might be the best way to do it there's a
1: lot of chaos yeah Yeah, i think that's like a good term because i mean even like i mean my story is pretty intense but like my mom's story is even more intense than mine like my grandparents had a heroin house, basically. Oh, wow. My grandmother actually died of AIDS due to heroin use. Wow. So, I mean, like, chaos, right? Like, it's it's kind of a miracle that I didn't end up going down that path, sure. especially having a parent that was using constantly and whatnot. But um, I think for me, what it was is that I saw a good opportunity, like, when I finally went and talked to the recruiter. And by the way, this is not a paid sponsorship by no, the Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they told me, they're like, look, you have a job. You have, you'll have you get housing. You'll get medical and you'll get schooling. And I was looking kind of at the situation that I was at, and I realized I'm like, I'm working so hard, like, waitressing basically yeah. like bare minimum to like basically you know i get paid on a friday i deposit then i pay my rent and then i'm doing it all over again like really just not a good quality of life
0: you're never going to break that i are never
1: going to break that circle i mean my mom would always tell me like don't ever take out student loans because she's like it's just not good and that's the one like really good piece of advice that she told me early right. on um and so i just said you know seize my language but like to heck with it i'm yeah. gonna you know Ooh, I'm gonna don't try say it.
0: heck don't get don't yeah. get too early on this show. <laughs> Uh, yeah.
1: so I
0: and and you weren't uh, intimidated by the, the the fact that you're going to be a woman you're an attractive woman there's <laughs> a lot of uh physicality that goes into it i mean i don't know what if you were an athlete or whatever I, that's the number one thing to me i'd be like i'm not running at three o'clock in the I morning
1: actually, you know i didn't have anyone in my immediate family that i was aware of that was in the military and right. it actually wasn't until i got back from my first duty assignment that i found out that one of our great uncles had been in Vietnam so I mean like really it it was just me it was like my immediate family just my mom me my two siblings Um, my dad is again in and out of the picture but I think what it was is I really didn't Know what I was getting into yeah, per se. Yeah. Um, I was kind of naive to it. I saw yeah. the good side, but then it, it ended up being a really good thing because the military, for some people, some people don't like the structure. For me, I needed you the structure needed
0: it. Yeah. to
1: excel. And for the first time, like I wasn't just, you know, focusing on myself, I was like helping my family. Right. Had I not joined the military, I would have never been able to get my dad out to Florida and eventually help get him stable and settled you know, to where he was able to actually have a life and, you know, stay sober and all that.
0: Yeah, I know very few people that decided to join the military and they come out and they're like, I hate it, did nothing for me. <laughs> yeah. They're all very excited. But uh, it's it's. we always say, uh, you know, obviously to you as well, thank you for your service. But I I genuinely mean it because I could never be that guy. Like the people that are firemen and running into the buildings, the people that are, Joining the military, it just you know sometimes when you were born to do something else, and I, I was not born to do that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it was it was definitely something. If you're ever considering joining, I always say at least give it one you know one enlistment or you know yeah. one commissioning time and, and see how you like it. But yeah, I was actually in the military when I was stationed in Missouri that the home invasion happened, and at the time. You know, the, everyone has that little voice, that gut instinct, and I was listening to my gut instinct. There were some things that were off around the house, right. and I was paying attention to those things, and so I think at, at work initially, my work kind of thought like, oh, she's working too much. You know, she's being paranoid, but I had a roommate. The roommate was saying the same things, and, you know, she was on an offset schedule from me, so I was working swing shifts, so that means that I would she go into work in the afternoon, yeah. come back early, early morning, like maybe 2, 3 a.m., and so the person that was actually breaking in was actually for A duration of a couple weeks kind of seeing how much they could get away with before we would really start noticing it and then ultimately I actually had someone at the house with me because I started having people stay with me and they broke in while someone was there it was a dude so you could chase them out but it was a thing I was ordered back on base and then I got sent to Florida
0: holy cow
1: yeah and I did not have a firearm at that time so I In total honesty, I had issues sleeping for like a good year and a half until I got my concealed carry.
0: carry. Holy cow. This is Anna Paulina Luna. She, uh, uh, then you had, you've, you've run before. Yes. And during that, there is a lunatic guy.
1: That was this cycle.
0: That was this time? That
1: was this cycle, yeah.
0: There's a guy (laughs) who wants to kill you. And that may be related to, uh, some of the other campaigns somehow.
1: Um, I yeah, as much ah, as it's like, my opinion. yeah, yeah yes. as much as I'd like to talk on it it's an open federal investigation I got you. okay and so there's certain things that I just can't say but, but we do
0: we can say that somebody was out there threatening your life mm-hmm. man magnet head you are definitely pulling them all in <laughs> uh okay so um now you when did you get your concealed permit
1: I got my concealed carry within six months of me moving to Florida sure so welcome that to was Florida there <laughs> I believe it's 2000. 10 yeah. and or 2011 i actually had a staff sergeant i'll never forget his name it was uh staff sergeant arnett and i was on shift with him and he was really in the military i had a lot of good male figures that actually kept an eye out for me right because yeah. i was younger and you know he had young kids and so i guess he kind of looked at me like a daughter right uh, actually cool thing later on he actually became friends with my dad which is oh, cool really? but um he told me he goes Anna, you know you can actually get your concealed carry because you have already weapons training with the military. Just bring them proof of that and then they'll give you your concealed carry. And so I went in, got it. I had my concealed carry within a certain amount of time and I bought a handgun. And, um, I'm you actually, get? What
0: was your first one?
1: My first one is a Glock 17. Uh-huh. And um, I'm currently carrying a 380 LCP by Ruger. So
0: yeah, everywhere nice. I go, I carry. You, you almost have to, especially when you're somebody, when you become a public figure like that, you're. Yeah, you know, you're putting yourself out there, and then, and then again, the uh, lunatics who are just out of the wood—not even politically motivated, but just crazy people who latch on to you, and because they see you or they see you online and that's something that you know you have to you have to watch out for at all times
1: yeah the one thing that the military always taught me was about safety and posting especially with cyber Mm -hmm. a cyber aspect so the one thing that people always forget is that social media can be a double-edged sword right you can use it in the way that i've been using it to really communicate with the masses but also to people can track your locations i never you know take photos and posts where I'm at, where Where I'm currently there. I wait till I'm gone. I usually don't go to the same spot more than once. And those are all things that I take into account because we do live in such a tech age. But as a political official, there are people and there are deranged people out there sometimes that might try to hurt you, and it doesn't just happen on our side. It happens on all sides. Yeah. And so the one thing I always realize, and I tell this to my team, because I do have a lot of younger staffers. We also have a lot of you know people that are with the campaign that do feel that I should be protected in a certain capacity because it, it's a dangerous world This guy out. ain't protecting you. <laughs> 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 Spanish would
0: beat that guy up. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, at, at, the, I mean, at some point, uh, this just goes on Further and you when you have to do that at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. Uh, this is Ana Paulina Luna. She is here with us. She is running for Congress. Uh, uh, Trump endorsed. Yes. How does that come about?
1: So I was the... So last election cycle, uh, for people wondering kind of just how the congressional cycles work. First of all, it's every two years mm-hmm. that you're seeking re-election. But the districts themselves are based on population. And so last election cycle... Florida 13 encompassed a majority of St. Petersburg Mm -hmm. and Pinellas County, but it was split off around the north of Clearwater, Dunedin, Palm Harbor, Safety Harbor area. So because we just had a census and it just redistricted, now this is a lean red seat. So before it was a lean blue seat, now it's a lean red seat. Um, actually, very red seat. And so last election cycle, I was outspent three to one. Mm-hmm. I was running against Charlie Chris. I was projected to lose by 17 points, and I lost by five. Oh, wow. And so I was actually getting a strong crossover in the general election. If, if
0: I can interrupt you for a second, you lost by five five points to a career politician who is a flip flopper, <laughs> and ba- I mean, he is the opposite of... Of what you are. He yes. is somebody who has said, I am going to make this my career. I will take any government job that's given to me. I will jump sides and change my beliefs just to keep that job for the rest of my life. Yes. we And I'm not making that up. That is what he's done. And uh, you come in and you're like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be here. And I actually want to make a change. And you as a first timer... Almost beat him.
1: Yes, almost beat them to the point of I was getting such a strong crossover from independents and some of those blue dog Democrats w- which are the more conservative Democrats that, you know, think of Kennedy-era Democrats, yeah. um, that it actually surprised the Republican Party because mm-hmm. they didn't know that Florida 13 could be a flipped seat. right? And they saw that based on the projected data and polling. So then this election cycle I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it one more shot. I am, if you don't know by now I'm a type A personality. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to give it one more shot. I know what I did wrong last time. I know how to fix it. There's a lot that you learn in campaigning that you just can't understand unless you go through the process. Oh, I'm sure. And so I jumped back in and to our surprise, it became an open red seat, which never comes around all that often and so yes the trump endorsement came with extensive vetting especially because as you saw in 2016 you know republicans controlled the house the senate and the executive branch and we could have gotten so much done but there are so many people working against the president and so i take that endorsement with a badge of honor i sat across from president trump he actually had a desk just as big as yours in bedminster and i was sitting in front of a man that Brokered peace with North Korea. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone that came from my background to be there only in America can that happen?
0: Yeah, and and uh, that you've got to be very proud of that—that that you got that far—and also has to make you say, "Hey, I can, I can do this again. Yes. I'm going to do this." Okay, so um, now let's uh, you. I saw in your thing you are uh, pro pro gun. We know that. We just and we also found out the reasons why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you were anti communism. I and you are you were for appealing vs. Wade. Yes, I. Uh, that is where we differ in opinion. And again, I'm having you on the show because I find you to be very interesting, and I'm not interested in fighting with you. But I mm-hmm. do want to talk to you about that. As a woman, why why that would be important to you, and that you don't feel that it's more important to have your choice as a woman to decide what you want to do.
1: So there's a there's a personal. Uh, argument for that and then also to repealing Roe v. Wade wouldn't actually ban abortion outright right. and would give it back to the states to decide based on the new scientific findings of technologies from the 70s to now um my so there's actually two reasons my background from college was as a biologist mm-hmm. right so that's what I went to school for um I was on track to go to medical school. So one of the last courses I had was a developmental biology class. And I remember going into this class and I saw the professor and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is gonna be a really dry course. Um, Going through it, though I had to take it because it was gonna be on the MCAT. And so I remember part of that entire course was we couldn't, obviously we don't do human experimentation, but we were watching the developing, um, chicken and we actually had to go and open up the egg, um, and basically go in with a glass scalpel and cut off a developing bud to observe the development, developmental process and then report our findings and I remember when I was doing that experiment, I went in with a scalpel, and we're using these microscopes, right? So I'm looking through my lens and I'm going in there, and as soon as I brought the scalpel next to the chick, yeah. it shifted, like it knew that, and I saw that, and, I, and that's I started thinking about the abortion thing, right? Um, that was phase one. Phase two was my mom had me at a very early age. My father, for as much as he was an incredible father, he asked my mom to have an abortion, and my mom said, no, I'm not going to do this. You know, take it or leave it. Right. As a result, I think my my father was scared, and so he eventually later on, I mean, again, he was there for me when he was there for me, but, you know, for... Women in general, what we find is that it can take up to sometimes 30 to 40 years to develop or to deal with the trauma of what has happened. To be clear, I know that there's a lot of women that have had that happen. I know many of my friends have had that happen and it can impact someone emotionally long term in a negative way. To further that though, my husband is adopted, him and his twin brother were, and they are a byproduct of an unconsensual event. And so... People will never tell you the circumstances in which they're conceived. But what I do think is, in general, if you are going to have legislation like that in place, you have to have all the facts. And the facts are is that from the time that that initial ruling took place in the 70s to now, there has been scientific scientific evidence that has come out to say, hey, look, a child in the womb can feel pain. Here's the reasons why. Right. If the scientific community wants to talk about the scientific aspect of it, fine. But you can't just say that a single-cell organism on Mars is considered life, and a multicellular organism in the womb is not.
0: Right. Ah, that's very interesting. I'm, I'm, I again, I, I still disagree. With my opinion of mm-hmm. it. I, I think that uh, I understand what Roe weight Wade overturning means. It goes to the states, but that it's going it probably make things very difficult for women to do. And I, and I still firmly believe that the government uh, should never be able to tell you uh, as a woman as a man as a transgender person what to do and that's where we differ but i i respect your background of why you what you've done you didn't just say oh because that's the republican conservative line you have some pretty legit uh, reasons of why you believe what you believe. All right, so uh, what what is the best place if people are hearing about you for the first time today? If they want to know more, if they don't like you, but they want to look at it anyway, what's the best thing to do? Is there a website or, or your Instagram, or yeah, what's the best thing?
1: absolutely. People can make donations, and um, one thing I'd like to clarify is yeah. that I am proud to say that I am a candidate funded by people dollars, not special interests. Uh-huh. So my average donation is $13. Wow. And today I've had the most donations of any candidate, both Republican and Democrat, in Pinellas County, Good which is a you. huge deal yeah. from people of the community that are giving those $10, $20 donations. So head to voteapl.com. That's votealphapapalima.com. You can make a donation there. And then if you want to keep up with us on the campaign trail, come out to events, um, head over to at voteapl.com on any social media platform and you'll find us there and you can keep up with us or on my personal social media at Real Ana Paulina.
0: Uh, also, let's clarify this because as you uh, say that people come out they want to hate you right away and they start spreading misinformation. You were not a stripper.
1: No, I was not a stripper. You were not a stripper. So, <laughs> And I'm also Hispanic and a veteran.
0: <laughs> right. A veteran uh, uh, was not a stripper, was a cocktail waitress at a time where, I found this very interesting because the f- people that don't like you have said, oh, she was a stripper or something, wasn't she? And want to leave it at that. Your husband, who is a veteran, was shot, right? Yes. In in action.
1: In January of 2014, he was shot in Afghanistan.
0: Shot in Afghanistan. And and now you are, who've, since you were a kid, has always been pretty independent, are a hustler, and you are trying to make money. So what you did was you took a job as a waitress in a, a strip club or whatever it was, What's funny is that I was reading the story and uh, it was in Fort Walton Beach, correct? Galvin, who is back at the station, say hi, Galvin. Hello. His, <laughs> it's very likely that his brother owned one of those clubs. <laughs> he owned a, he owns a bunch of clubs in Fort Walton Beach. But I I think that that's so. I found that so interesting. How months ago I heard that a stripper was running for Congress and that she almost won and blah blah blah. And the truth is that there is no truth to that. There is
1: no truth. And it's the
0: story on top of it is even more respectful. Not only were you not a stripper, you were somebody who was trying to work your ass off to save your family. Because well, it, was,
1: it was also, too, it was brief. I was only there to make enough money to go be with him.
0: Right. So- I, I mean, I, and that's, to me, is just, uh, that's the... That's the admirable side of the story that you won't hear during an election time. So no, I wanted won't. to make sure. And so,
1: if anyone, if you ever have any questions too, like I encourage people to actually say it like, look, there's disinformation that comes on both sides. Right when you are the winning candidate, like I've heard I heard that I wasn't actually a woman, which is just like clearly I am.
0: <laughs> well, do <me> um, fair. <laughs> Let, prove that to us today. Yeah, so right, like,
1: I've totally been like, I've heard that. I've heard that I'm not Hispanic, which is just kind of funny. Cause like, if you look at my mom, it's like, okay, clearly she R- is. Right. Um, but I think people just will try to, instead of hitting the issues, they try to hit personal and that yeah. never works.
0: And the, the problem is it's so easy to just believe the first layer of whatever you hear. But I'll tell you, you can say whatever you want about Trump. You don't have to like him at all, but you should appreciate what he did to draw people's attention to how much fake stuff is put out there and And how much propaganda is shoved in your face to where you believe that first layer of what you hear without looking further into it.
1: Exactly. And And if people are saying that, though, and they're running or their teams are doing that, realize if they're doing that here, Yeah. To a veteran couple, like my husband's a Bronze Star and a Purple Heart recipient. And you know what? I'd do it again. Yeah. I would do it again because I love that man and we've been together for 12 years. But if they're going to do that to us, like, how could you represent a veteran community? Right. Right. (laughs) Like, let's start talking about these issues. The fact is, is that like I am against endless wars. I know firsthand what the families go through. My husband, after he got shot, he experienced post-traumatic stress disorder. People don't talk about that. Yeah, I almost lost my marriage because of what happened. So, like, if people want to talk about issues, let's fix the issues. But, like, all that noise, that just means I'm going to win. And when I do win, well, it's going be all fear. that I'm grateful. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's a fear thing. I yeah. mean, that's when people are afraid. They start digging deep on the uh, on the rumors and the things that they could do to make you look bad. That's why I wanted to at least say it Up and top. ask you that. Yeah, <laughs> Because because uh, when you leave, people would have already been like, you know she was a stripper, and then I have to fight everybody on Twitter. So I'm glad we were Thank able you. to get that yes. Smack him
1: down. <laughs> uh,
0: I wish you a lot of luck. I really Thank do. You. I think this is. Uh, I think this is great that you're young and you 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 know you, you came from where you came from and you saw an opportunity to get on there and make some change. And I hope you win. I hope you go out there and follow your dream and help some people out. I really do.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: and I appreciate you getting up early to come in here. Um, and. P- Please, magnet head, you know something else is going to happen here. <laughs> be prepared at all times. Well, it's both it?
1: good and bad, right? So, like, it doesn't always be, it's not always a bad thing. So, hopefully, more good comes yeah. in. Yeah,
0: life. well, now you, now you got a uh, <laughs> a bronze heart uh, and purple star, I mean, a purple heart guy looking <laughs> yeah. out for you. Thank you very much. we got to take a quick break. Anna Paulina Luna, look her up. Find her on Instagram. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Do you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.